Good morning, good morning, good morning. It, um, it's good to see you all, to actually see you all today. Um, I, I don't know that this will get old. I am not um, like, you know, a, a people person necessarily. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm good alone, but I promise you, I'm like, I've never been so happy to see a crowd of people in my life. I'm just like, yes, thank you. So I'm so glad, I'm so glad you guys are here. Um, we are going to go ahead and get right into our passage this morning. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, we're going to get into our text this morning. Uh, we have two passages. They're kind of long. Um, the first is Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read for you verses 1 to 13. And then the second is Acts chapter 2. Um, and I'm going to read for you verses 1 to 14a. So if you have your Bibles or your phones or however you get the word, uh, you can go ahead and move your way to that passage, those passages, uh, and I invite you to stand when you get there for the reading of God's Word. And so beginning um, with Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, it reads, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. And now going to the passage in Acts and beginning with verse one of chapter two, it reads. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Mede, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, in Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the word of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. This is the word of God. Thanks, God. Amen. You can have a seat. So today is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, those of you who grew up in a liturgical tradition may have, you know, appreciated this beautiful red fabric that we have here to represent the color of Pentecost. I had a red scarf that I was going to wear, but it did not cooperate with the outfit that I ended up putting on. So, you know, but here we go. Red is Pentecost. It's Pentecost. Um, I, I suspect that many of you, if you're like me, uh, you may not have celebrated this holiday growing up. There may be we're not even aware of it. Even if you grew up in church, Pentecost is not one of the, the holidays that we usually, you know, recognize in certain evangelical Christian Protestant spaces, right? So, you know, pretty much Christmas, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, if you are a true saint like our worship leader, Minister Marquita, um, maybe Good Friday, you know, those are about the only Christian holidays that many churches recognize. And there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But when it comes to Pentecost, I sometimes wonder if it's not just the holiday that gets overlooked by many of us. So the title of my sermon this morning, and, and this is the title because I am terrible with titles, but it's Paying Attention to the Breath. Uh, if you are familiar with the practice of yoga, that phrase may sound familiar. You meditate, right? We, we often talk about paying attention to the breath. In scripture, the spirit of God is often referred to as God's breath or the wind, right? Paying attention to the breath. And so what I want us to talk about today is how well we are paying attention to the breath. So the God we serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we read two passages like this, um, two different accounts, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, what we ought to know immediately is that we are not talking about two different spirits at work or two different gods. There wasn't like the God who did that back then the God who did that still back then, but a little bit more recently, and then the God that we serve today. Like, that's not a thing, right? 
The God that we serve is the same God. If you are here and you confess Jesus, I'm going to assume we are all in agreement on that fact. And so then, both of these passages are instructive for us. Both of these passages will tell us something about the way the Holy Spirit moves, about the way that God's Spirit moves, the way God speaks to us and interacts with us. They are different in some ways, and they are very similar in others. Both of these passages communicate, again, something about God's relationship with God's people. In both of these passages, the Spirit is breaking through for the purpose of bringing humanity back into right relationship with God. The Spirit is moving for the purpose of bringing God's people back into fellowship with God. In both of these passages, we see the supernatural. They're also a little different. In the first passage, we see the Spirit of God interacting with one person. One person, the prophet called by God, is given a vision and a word for a people who are far from God and who are unable to draw near to God without some kind of intermediary, a priest or prophet. The, the man of God, Ezekiel, is talking to a group of people who outside of hearing from a prophet of God will not be able to hear from the Lord. In the second passage, we see the spirit moving in the context of community, giving a word to a people. In the verse that follows uh, the last verse that I read for you in chapter uh, two, after chapter 14, Peter goes on to present to the crowd who has gathered the gospel. He tells them about Jesus. He tells them about how Jesus was the Messiah who had been prophesied about in scripture. He tells them about how that same Jesus was crucified by that crowd. We can go on and count ourselves among them. He tells them about how that same Jesus was crucified by that crowd, but was resurrected and had ascended to the Father. And the Spirit had been poured out. In fact, they were the first witnesses of the Holy Spirit being poured out. And he tells them that because of what that Jesus, that Messiah did, they have access to exactly what they are watching. That they get to be in relationship with that God, with that Jesus, and that they too can be filled with the same Spirit they are watching be poured out. Each one of those men and women in the crowd who through the Spirit and by the Spirit had ears to hear were welcomed into the saving work of Jesus Christ. They were adopted into son and daughtership. <laughs> Peter called them to repent and receive the gift of the Spirit. And as the passage concludes, we learned that 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Now, here's where I think a lot of us get off track when it comes to talking, thinking about listening to the Spirit. When we start to consider what it might feel like, look like, to be moved by the Spirit, to, to speak according to the Spirit. Here, here's where we often, here's where we often get, get off. So, uh, some of us were formed in traditions where we wrongly believed 
that speaking through the spirit was something that only like special, unique kinds of people could do. And so we elevated in a way that was deeply and profoundly unhealthy. We elevated certain ones of us and trusted them to be the mouthpiece who would literally today say, thus saith the Lord. And so many of us who were shaped or formed in those traditions came to see the spirits moving one as being unique and only for certain other kinds of people or being something that is fantastic and spectacular all of the time. On the other side, you have people who have sort of relegated, and maybe you came from a tradition that relegated prophetic utterance or any sort of supernatural movement of God to Old Testament stories. And maybe, maybe a few in the New Testament, but certainly that is not what the Lord had in mind for today. We somehow believed somewhere along the line that God no longer moves in those kinds of ways. And so we look at folk and say, oh, that's, no, that's wrong and weird and strange and spooky. So if you're in the first camp, you likely think or have thought at some point in time before, you know, the Holy Spirit changed your, your, your imagination, that folk in the first camp were unspiritual or maybe even unsaved. If you're in the second camp, you likely at some point in time, again, before the Holy Spirit renewed your mind, thought that folk in the second camp were um, weird or maybe even a little simple-minded. You know, these are the slow people, the less intellectual of us. So both are wrong. It is true that on this side of the resurrection, we don't see burning bushes. We don't hear God audibly tell us to go and be his literal mouthpiece. On this side of the resurrection, there is no single person who can speak God's word with so much authority that it can be said to be the God-breathed word of God that it could be said to be scripture, right? On this side of the resurrection, that is not how God moves in and through us. But it is not because God no longer moves in supernatural ways, and it is certainly not because God no longer speaks to and through God's people. Acts 2 is why you and I should no longer expect to see someone coming and being able to say, with any kind of truthful authority, thus saith the Lord. See, Jesus, the Messiah, came, and Jesus, the Messiah, made the final pronouncement of thus saith the Lord. And the pronouncement was that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord and accepts and confesses Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior shall be saved and shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. God no longer needs to speak to us through burning bushes because he can talk to us directly through the Holy Spirit. And as Jeremiah says to us, that, that, that word should feel like fire shut up in our bones. God no longer needs to send messengers to deliver pronouncements that we would otherwise be completely unable to receive because the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus is now in work in all of us. Christ is our perfect mediator, and because of Christ, we have access to the Father. And because of the Holy Spirit, we can not only talk to God, but we can expect to hear God talk to us. The Holy Spirit still speaks. The Holy Spirit is 
moving. God is still leading God's people into valleys of dry bones and giving them authority to speak life into seemingly dead situations and circumstances, into seemingly broken systems and institutions. But those people are not a select chosen few. They are God's church. They are you. They are me. They are all of us. Sometimes God might choose to use one of us in, in, in that kind of sort of angelic messenger kind of way, right? Like God might give you a word for someone else. But you can trust that if that word is from God and you are faithful and you go and speak that thing to the person who God tells you to speak it to, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to them as well. So those words will always be either a confirmation of what God has already been speaking and doing and revealing to that person, or maybe, in some cases, preparation for what God is going to start doing and speaking and revealing to, those, to that person in those situations. God is still speaking. God is still moving. The supernatural is happening every day, but unfortunately. Many churches have treated the activity of the Holy Spirit either as spooky or as spectacle. As something to be avoided at all costs, or as something to make us real happy on a Sunday morning, but have no power once we leave the church. The Holy Spirit is not spooky. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not spectacle. And so in a time when the world so desperately needs the church to be led by the Spirit, at a time when the world so desperately needs the people of God to be willing to walk through those valleys of dry bones and prophesy as they are led by the Spirit, in a time when the church, when the world so desperately needs the church to be the church, many of us have completely ignored the Holy Spirit. And we have walked away feeling powerless, as though we have nothing to offer. So, so those of you who've been uh, joining the prayer calls in the morning, and I, I see some of the folk who, who have been on those calls, um, you have likely heard me read from one of um, my favorite books, from one of my favorite um, authors, theologians, um, Howard Thurman. So Howard Thurman was uh, born in 1899 to parents who had been enslaved. Um, and he's the author of a book called Jesus and the Disinherited, which is actually one of the first books written and published about black liberation theology. And it said that Dr. Martin Luther King, who was um, mentored by, by Howard Thurman, it said that Dr. Martin Luther King on, on protest march in the early uh, civil rights movement, he would carry a copy of Jesus and the Disinherited um, in, his, in his satchel. So Howard Thurman was a mystic. And in fact, that is why Howard Thurman became someone who I um, count as one of my heroes. Before learning about Howard Thurman um, and, and his spirituality, before hearing that word mystic ascribed to Howard Thurman, uh, I sort of thought the term mystic was applied to um, only ancient white men. And they may not have even been white, but the pictures, right, like of the, of the people who were the, the mystics, they were all like, you know, like monks. So, so when I envisioned mystics, I envisioned uh, nomadic monks who kind of went off by themselves, who lived in nature with God. Now, to know me is to know that that does not sound like a bad way to live to me. 
not at all. <laughs> so it, so I didn't think mystics were strange. It, def, it definitely didn't seem like an unsatisfying way to live. But when I thought about that kind of mysticism, those kinds of mystics, it did seem like a selfish way to live. This was, this was my interpretation, right? See, it was difficult for me to reconcile what I perceived to be a profound disconnection between the suffering of God's people with our call to be faithful witnesses of Christ. So I couldn't reconcile those things. So then I had to cross mystic off my list of things that I might be <laughs> when I grow up. But Thurman's definition of mysticism made it accessible to me. In one of his lectures um, that he, he gave in Berkeley called Mysticism and Social Action, Thurman defines mysticism as the response of, of the individual to a personal encounter with God within that person's own soul. And he explains that such a response is total, affecting the inner quality of the life and its outward expression as its manifestation. The mystic, according to Howard Thurman, sees our common humanity. The mystic recognizes our interconnectedness with all of creation and desires that all people have that same experience of God. And so, as Thurman writes, when the mystic observes conditions that threaten or diminishes a person's encounter with God, he or she is compelled to confront them in the public arena. Social action, therefore, is an expression of resistance against whatever separates one from the experience of God, who is the ground of his being. This is what the valley of dry bones looks like for us today. On this side of the resurrection, you and I are meant to walk through those valleys with our Savior and allow the Holy Spirit to show us the true shape of things. We are meant to see clearly those things that threaten and diminish the image of God in humanity. The Imago Dei. Whether they be structural and systemic or deeply personal and interpersonal. We are meant to see them and then open ourselves to receive a word from the only one who can breathe life into dead situations. God. And hear this. We are meant. All of us, the church, this church, not one of us, not some special ones of us who are unique and somehow like, I don't know. No, we are meant. This is what Jesus meant in John 14, 12, when he said that we would do even greater things than he did. He was talking about his bride, the church, all of us, filled with the Holy Spirit, moving and living according to the Holy Spirit, God's kingdom breaking through. Are you paying attention to the breath? Okay, and so now he, he, here's where things might get uncomfortable with some, but that's okay because we can do uncomfortable things together. <laughs> I want our sermon, the, the, this moment to, together to be um, practical. And so this morning we're going to spend some time practicing because it's really, you know, we can talk about the Holy Spirit moving and speaking, but if you never have an opportunity to, to hear the Holy Spirit speak, right, or move, how do you know what that feels like, looks like 
for you? How do we know as a community what that feels like, looks like in us? So we're, so we're gonna so we're gonna practice. So first, let me tell you the assumptions that I'm bringing this morning. My first assumption is that every single one of us, if you can hear me, I don't care if you grew up at Faith Pentecostal Apostolic Church of God. That is a real church. That is an amazing church that I spent a lot of time in. I don't care who you are. Every single one of us could stand to learn and grow in the area of listening to and discerning the voice of God, the movement of the Holy Spirit, every single one of us. So that's my first assumption. My second assumption is that there are many of us that for whom talking about this is very normal, natural, familiar, right? We did grow up in the faith Pentecostals. <laughs> Holy is that solid church of God. Um, we, we grew up in those spaces. And so hearing this kind of language is familiar. Um, we were shaped and formed by traditions where this was, um, where this was normal. That's fantastic. My third assumption is that there are a lot of us for whom that is not your testimony. All are welcomed. <laughs> so what I'd like us to do today is spend some time applying the message. And we're going to spend some time paying attention to the Holy Spirit. Paying attention to what the Spirit, how the Spirit is moving. And this is how it's going to happen. Um, some guidance. In a moment, I'm going to invite you, us, to sort of just quiet ourselves before God and, and we're gonna hear, listen, and discern. What are we hearing, listening, and discerning for? <laughs> so sometimes it is true that the spirit shows up and it is it is spectacular, it is amazing, it is like miraculous and, and obviously supernatural. Most times, many times at least, the way that the Holy Spirit interacts with us um, is, is, is simply the Spirit sort of amplifying the ways that we are already wired. So I've, I've had the, the wonderful privilege of being formed in communities on both sides, right? Where we shouted every Sunday and in communities where that didn't, like this community, where, where that is not quite our testimony yet. <laughs> not yet, amen. <laughs> Some people are like, don't know now. Okay, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, but often the way that the Holy Spirit moves, again, it's paying attention to the ways that we are wired and sort of amplifying. Now here's an example of what that looks like in my life. The way that I am formed, um, I see connections all the time. Um, like that's just the way my brain works. In fact, my brain sometimes works overtime to make connections because that's the way I make sense of the world. I need things to, to go together. So the way that the spirit will sometimes speak to me, uh, if I'm praying and trying to figure out, you know, God, what do you want me to do? What's my next step? The Holy Spirit will often start to highlight, um, different moments in my life. And then I can see clearly the way that this was connected to that, was connected to this, was connected to that. And so then it becomes clear for me, ah, yes, that is what I'm supposed to do. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will work with me in that way with other people. Um, the way this looks is I might have a conversation with people. If I, and if I've known you for a while and I've heard you share certain kind of things, I usually will remember that if I hear you say something else. And maybe someone will ask for prayer or they'll be sharing something. And I will be like, wait, I, because remember when that happened? I can help, I can make that connection because that's the way that the spirit will sometimes speak through me. Sometimes it's for me to say that to the person. Sometimes it's just for me to pray, right? So pay attention in this moment to what the spirit is doing. How are you formed? How are you wired? Where are you feeling those, those sort of inclinations being amplified, magnified? 
There's some other language that is really helpful. Um, a, a woman by the name of Ruthie Johnson wrote this article in um, Missio Alliance. It was about the spirit. And she gives two phrases, our thinker and our knower. And so I wanna, I wanna offer those to you. So our thinker refers to the ways the Holy Spirit intellects with our intellectual understanding. Um, one way this looks might be reading a familiar passage of scripture and having a new insight or revelation about it. The passage speaks to us in a way that it hasn't before, right? That is, that's the Holy Spirit. Um, Johnson says that this is the way we see the mind of Christ being interpreted into our minds and hearts through the Holy Spirit. So when you read scripture or get a profound insight, that, that's the spirit. Pay attention to, your, to your, your thinker. And then there's our knower. And according to Johnson, this is the more intuitive and mystical way that we interact with the Holy Spirit. This may be an impression or an instinct or just um, a knowing right? This sense that you get when you're praying or listening. It could show up as a prompt to pray for a specific person or to pray for a specific situation. It might show up as a prompt to check in on somebody. You've probably felt that before, right? You're riding around and some random person pops in your mind. Probably not just a random person that pops into your mind. That might be the spirit, right? Interacting with you and prompting you to reach out to that person. So in this space, pay attention to your knower. What what images come to mind? What's, what words come to mind? We're outside. What sounds move you, right? Pay attention to those things. Is instruction. As you start to hear the Spirit speak, you may feel led to go um, and, and give a word to someone. I want you to do that. This is how I want you to do that. Because we're, we're gonna, we want to honor um, and respect and love one another through social distancing. So you can just go and be mindful of distance. And you can say, this is a phrase I find helpful. I feel like um, the Holy Spirit is saying, telling me to tell you this. A fantastic follow-up question is, does that resonate with you? The answer to that question might be no. That is okay. In the same way that we are practicing, listening, and moving, and walking in the Spirit, you, in that situation, get to practice rejection. Say, thanks be to God. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> if you are on the receiving end of such a word, right, and it doesn't resonate with something that the Holy Spirit has been saying to you or, or, or um, speaking or doing in your life, right, please be honest. You can say no. But don't dismiss it or receive it without any kind of thought. Sit with it. Pray about it. Sit with the Lord with it. See what the Holy Spirit might want to say with you about it. And maybe, maybe God will, you know, maybe it is for you. If it's not for you, you will know it. And it's okay to say, no. I have received several words in my life where I was like, well, no. And I walk away thinking, well, bless their precious heart. Because they, they stepped out on faith. That was absolutely not from God. But that's okay. <laughs> like, the only way we learn is if we're honest with each other, right? So if I can say no, that doesn't resonate with me, you now get to learn, well, maybe that wasn't the way, right? We learn and, and how to build our spiritual muscles. So that's what we're going to do. And here's, here's the last, and this is really important. Um, you may feel led in this time to uh, pray for someone, and maybe in your tradition you're used to laying hands on them. So we are not going to lay hands on anybody on today unless you know that you are both vaccinated and you have asked for permission. That last part, 
is not just for COVID-19. In general, it is always best practice to ask for permission before you lay hands on someone. It is good to ask for permission before you pray for someone when you just walk up to them. And if someone walks up to you and says, I want to let, may I lay hands on you and pray or may I, you can say no. There have been some people I'm like, you cannot pray for me. And you, because my spirit says something about their spirit. Amen. Okay, so I want us to all feel, we are family today. We are going to be honest with, with each other today. And we are going to listen for the spirit today. Can we do that? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to open our time in prayer, and I invite you even now to just start to settle yourself, start to breathe, do whatever you need to do so that you feel comfortable. And I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we're going to sit in silence, and we're going to listen. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are good. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. God, I thank you that you are present, that you've assembled us today. Oh, how good you are. <laughs> oh, I thank you, Sovereign Lord, that you desire to reveal yourself to us. I thank you, Creator God, that you have woven us together, that you have made us one body, and that you speak to us through us. <laughs> And so, Lord, now we, we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, help us to surrender and take on a posture of humility, of trust, and of submission. Speak, O oh God, for we, your children, are listening. So some of you uh, may have like you received a word from God that is that is for you, um, I encourage you to write that down. If you are with someone that you trust, I encourage you to share that with them because our minds, <laughs> the enemy is busy and, and, our, and our memories are short. And so you may have experienced something that was um, profound and you really felt like you heard an answer to God or you feel a knowing in your spirit right now. Um, and I can almost guarantee you that before you get past this parking lot good in your car, uh, you will already start to question that thing, to doubt that thing, to, right? So I encourage you to, to write it down. And again, if you're with someone that you are trust, if you're with someone that you trust, um, or if, you, if, you're, if you're by yourself but you want to speak to someone, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to hold that for you. Um, but don't, don't, uh, don't just walk away and walk away from it. Um, if you are... Uh, joining us online, I encourage you, and I hope that you will. I hope that the chat was active. I intended to say that before <laughs> I prayed, and I did not. We love you all. <laughs> so I pray that. Uh, but you can use the chat now. If there's something that God spoke to you, um, I encourage you to share that. If you feel like um, the Holy Spirit gave you a word that is for our church, um, please let let me know. Let Pastor David know. Um, I, I, we want we want to hear that as well. Uh, I was debating whether or not to open up the space for people to come and share, and I didn't feel like the spirit moved in that particular way. So, but it, again, I don't want you to walk away and just you know think, well, they never I, I never had an opportunity to share, so it must not be from. Please share share it with um, with us. We want to hear that. Um, I hope that. Um, well, actually, before I go there, if you are here and you, you sat and you prayed um, and you were quiet 
and you didn't feel like you heard anything, um, do not be discouraged. <laughs> so when we, um, we're, we're not, we're not doing witchcraft, right? We, we don't make God do anything. We don't have the power to make God show up and speak to us or right. Like that's not what happens. All, all you and I can do is to, um, to take on a posture of submission and, and expectation and be open to what God chooses to do, how God chooses to move, how God chooses to speak. And so if you didn't receive anything today, if, if, if that's, that does, it does not mean that you are not filled with the spirit. It does not mean that God doesn't have anything, right? It does not mean that God's not working in you or that there's something wrong with you. That's just not how the Holy Spirit was moving in you today. Okay, so I want us to make sure that, that, that I name that. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna close us in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for, oh, oh, thank you, God. Oh, for meeting us here. I thank you for the sweet way that you moved today. I thank you for the sweet way that you inhabited this space and inhabited our prayers. I thank you for the words that you made clear for folk. I thank you for for the images, for the visions. I thank you, Lord, for the dreams and the visions that will come. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we are family and that we get to do this life together. And so I thank you that you are always faithful to meet us when we open ourselves to you. And it is my prayer that we will always and constantly, moment by moment, be a people who open ourselves to you. Father, teach us how to serve you. Holy Spirit, teach us how to listen. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to surrender. Teach us how to hear. Teach us to be unafraid. Teach us to be bold and courageous. Teach us, oh God, again and again to be your church. Thank you for the gifts and the talents you have given us. Thank you for the resources that you have given us. Let us not be a stingy people. Let us not be a people who sit in our content to have it for ourselves. God, I pray that we would be filled to overflowing, that it would be fire shut up in our bones, that it would have to come out that you would use us to be a mighty blessing to this world, to each other, to our families, to our workplaces, to this church, to other churches in this community and to this city. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be your people and to know that we are your people and that you are our God. So we bless your name. We glorify your name. We magnify your name in all the earth. Amen. Amen. So go from this place knowing that you are the people of God. Go from this place knowing that if Jesus is your savior, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. Go from this place knowing that you have power, that you have love, that you have a sound mind, that you are gifted, called, and equipped. Go from this place into wherever places God leads you from here, being exactly who and what you are, a beloved child of God. Amen.